guess we don't have to do the music part, but we could like make it up. Bigger house, bigger car, bigger telephone. Yeah, yeah exactly that. You, you you get this edge. Live from Studio City in beautiful Hollywood, California. It's it's the Science Matters, Matters, Matters podcast. podcast. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. No. Dun, 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 dun. Da, Welcome, it's Monday, December 2nd, 2019, and you are listening to Size Matters. This is our first episode in a while, isn't it? Yeah, it's episode 29, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, hey, good, you looked at it. Yeah, I didn't look at it. Numbers don't matter anymore. Now that the way we're recording these, this will function as our Christmas episode and our New Year's episode. No, we got to get another episode between now and then. we got to get back on track. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about, also. We do? A lot of things have happened. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this was, uh, essentially, well, this episode was just going to be potpourri. No, that's I'm, true. I'm your host, Kwandi Bashir, and, and who is it that has a lot of things to talk about? Uh, it is I, Megachi Extraordinaire, Kenson Shimobi, at your service. And, uh, and then on the other end of the table? Uh, we have Benny, Giant Tiger, Longtime Macro. The, under giant, end, the other end of the table that's, you know, ben, Benny, is, is Giant your middle name? Benny, Gi- Benny G. Tiger? Yeah, you know it should Is be. I have a middle name now. That, that's totally canon. <laughs> but then people that's just call, start calling oh. you Benji, and and that is Benji. No, no, hey, Benji's a cool name. Benji had a whole different I would set of Benji. movies in the eighties, and I, I, that's not yeah. me. Yeah. Well, like, so that's I could God. totally see if like your middle name was G, and like, hey, yo, what's up, Benji? Like, I could see. Yeah, what's that's up, what G? I'm saying, like, if his if his middle name is Giant, then it just gets abbreviated to G. Yeah. Okay. And ben gets abbreviated. To, Benny gets abbreviated to Ben. Yes. Well, that's better than Jerry. When, Jerry M. Mouse from Tom and Jerry. The M stands for yeah. Mouse. When I um, Jerry see you Mouse, at MFF, Mouse? Benny, yeah, that's I'm his just name. Gonna call you Benji. Go ahead. I'm just well, it's like Mario. You at MFF and call you Benji. Oh Jesus. Well, it's like in the Mario Brothers movie, their last name is canonized as Mario. So you have Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's uh-huh. why they're the Mario Brothers. All I remember about the Mario Brothers <laughs> movies is there was like standees and posters in the theater that it was coming, it was coming, and the one day they were down. It was just gone. So if it, it, <laughs> it showed up for like one week or a day or they just didn't run it. I have no idea. I've never so seen I never the movie. Saw that movie. There was shame, but I've seen a lot about that movie, and apparently, like, a lot of stuff went wrong in, in the development of that mm-hmm. movie. I mean, it, but that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about, really, because there's not really. Well, much, maybe. Well, there's you know, not really macro content in that movie. I don't that's think. true. That's true. <laughs> we need to skip out on the macro content. So, since it's December, and of course we do have potpourri, we can just start right off the mm-hmm. bat with uh, macro Christmas. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um... <laughs> Obviously, potpourri meaning that we're going to talk about miscellaneous things, uh, whatever pops into our brains. Oh, no, no, actually, I've got like fall. a prepared list of stuff that we've... Oh, really? Over time, we go, well, that's not long enough to do an episode. But yes, I expect that we're just going to end up bullshitting off topic oh. anyway. Wow, Benny, okay, yeah. Benny plans a lot, this a lot more than I think either of us do. So every now and then, <laughs> yes, every now and then we just need a tangent cast because there's a lot of stuff we like to talk about. I don't know. So Last time we did exercise. those, everyone got upset. Oh, really? Really? Well, that's because you talked about uh, Pokemon, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of Pokemon, there is a new about. one that just came out a few weeks ago. <laughs> Wait, isn't, Sword isn't there baby. also a size-related thing that you can do with the Pokemon there's, now? There's two Dynamax. size. Maybe, oh. there's Dynamaxing it's, and it's what, Gigantamaxing? Gigantamaxing. Is this pod- which, yes. I don't know which one sounds better. Is this podcast cursed that all tangents must go to Pokemon? Probably. Hey, <laughs> it's not our fault that Game Freak went out there and put this clearly macro uh, mm-hmm. content 
in the in their game. You know what I think? Girl, you, you right. Know what I think? They knew exactly what they were doing. I think they're ripping exactly. off Can't Stop Growing. I so, mean, hey. Did you ever see so, his uh, Pokemon Grow animation? Yes, Pokemon Grow. I love it. I wish you'd finish it. Sir Kenson, are you... Support him on Patreon. Are you Sword or Shield? I am Sword. Sif Good. from Good. Dark Souls is Sword Doggo, so, so I was I felt obligated. I am also Sword. I am old. And I'm still in Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Pokemon Go is awesome, but yeah. um, I haven't Not, played it in a while, so Pokemon Sword is there. And I traveled over to okay. Scotland recently, and you better believe I was looking for every Pokemon stop I could to throw gifts back to people that were like, this is from such mm-hmm. and such castle, Scotland. Huh. Yeah, the gift stuff like seems a little weird though, because it's almost like you're, especially if you're doing it around your own neighborhood, you're kind of doxing yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like, yeah, you are. For the longest time, people struggled with items, and then they introduced the gift uh, mechanism, and then everyone has a surplus of items. I have a bag that can hold thirteen hundred items or something, and I'm always full because gifts much... just give you so much. Yeah, but the. Uh... The best thing, of course, about Pokemon Go is the fact that on the map, your character is mm-hmm. about 75 feet tall and That's walking true. around the Yeah, uh, I'll fully admit I zoom out to make That's the true. character bigger. I'm horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm complete trash. That's good stuff. But with Pokemon Sword and Shield, it is not the trainer that gets large. No, no. It is what we all came to see. The Pokemon. Okay. And did, well, they do, have, they do throw a one. giant Pokeball, which is pretty cool. When you're capturing. Yes, that is pretty great. I, I love that animation where they're, uh, mm-hmm. it's just like kind of tossing that giant Pokeball, which is like as big as a... And it like uh, slams down on the ground. Like, yeah. And then every I mean, time I guess it it's shakes. Like as, as big as like a medicine ball. Yeah, it gets huge. Oh, wow. But then like it just like on the ground and like just like shakes a few times. I'm like, oh, I love it. And if you're playing yes. with like the... I guess, I guess it would work on... Well, no, not if you're in handheld mode, but if you're playing on like the Pro Controller or in the mm-hmm. uh, if you have your Joy Cons disconnected, like the yep. they use vibration to a really good extent mm-hmm. during those battles it's and true. during the capture. Wow. But yeah. Thunk. So Thunk. every single Pokemon in the game, which is 400, by the way, it's the biggest regional decks I think in any Pokemon game at this point. But so they got rid of my Pokemon. favorite Pokemon. <laughs> well, which, is? Wait, which one did they get rid oh. of? <laughs> uh, like they got rid of like 600 of them. Oh, well, yeah. yeah but what, but, no, like, no, which but, one was your favorite? What's your favorite? Yeah, you said, I, I they got rid of my favorite, and you're like, I, oh, well. I don't have. I don't actually have a favorite Pokemon. Are you sure? Oh, I, th- I was like, is there some red panda one that you wanted to see giant? There is a red panda one, but he is in there. Um, uh-huh. The yeah. oh, what's, what's it called? The, it's not. Re- it's more of a bear than a red panda, but it does have a red oh, panda. Oh, Beware? Wings. Yeah, Beware. Beware? I love Beware. Yeah. Such a good boy. But, like, so they have 400 <laughs> Pokemon that can get huge, which is fantastic. Also, on uh, on Twitter... I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Tiern, uh, did the math, the mega math, to figure out how big the size of the Pokemon is when they Dynamax. And depending on the model, he did it with his Lucario, and I think he said it was around 125 feet tall, judging by proportion. Tiern strikes me as the kind of person that would do that, yeah. He, he, he yeah. loves the maths, and I don't blame him. Well, it doesn't seem that yeah, we had It him seems on more an... like, like the 60 to 80 foot range. I mean, I guess well, it's going to vary that... from Pokemon to Pokemon, but... Yeah, if you compare the size of your character, which he was assuming since it's like, you know, you're 12 or something, you're going to be like five foot, maybe like you know, five foot. Just but what about off. if you get Pokemon I, I, like Onyx, which is already like 18 feet tall? Um, the, the, the size of the models are not proportion, not dang. proportional, because Waylord is supposed to be like 40 feet long or something, so something like that. And he's like itty bitty on the battlefield. So, Well, Onyx isn't itty bitty on the normal battlefield. I mean, they, they show... 
That's true. And even on like Let's Go from last year, they have like if you have your Onyx out, you can basically be riding and you're and you're kind of like on his shoulder. Yeah, because Onyx is I believe canonically twenty three feet long, something like that. I think it's like um, eight, eight between eighteen and twenty. Yeah. Or yeah, but uh, I think your character model is probably the most reliable source of comparison for height in those games. Um, I mean, you're me you're a twelve you know you're a twelve year old. So, kid, so you're so, talking about you know, still ended like up yeah, about four, what four, ten stories tall. tall again. Yeah, so Tyrion said it was 125 feet because he was taking his character's model. Um, I'm pretty sure this is because I'd have to go back and read the tweet again. But uh, he took his player's model, which he assumed to be like five feet tall because 12-year-old boy. And then he compared it to Lucario. And judging by proportions, first off, his character model didn't even come above the the toes, which is fantastic. But also, um, doing the math, he came out to about 125 feet, so... I, I just want to read this cop bit of copy. I, I don't know where it came from. I found it on Twitter, but I'm assuming it's probably officially from Game Freak um, mm-hmm. that came out. It was just, it, I saw it before the game was released. We but... did not do this for macros. No, it says, yeah, okay. it, it, so it's <laughs> describing um, Meowth uh, in the Dynamax form. And it says, oh, gosh. it can cause tremendous damage when it sharpens its claws. Meowth loves shiny objects. And when it sees skyscrapers lined with glass, it won't be able to resist the urge to sharpen its claws on them. This behavior can it. cause considerable Game damage, freak. such as wearing down the exterior walls and breaking windows. All right, which Game one of you freak. macros is working at Game Critic? It's me, actually. No, it's Long Cat. Long Cat's working for Game Freak, and he's a macro. It's, it's canon, folks. But that's amazing. Like, Game Freak. That's a great description. You can't of great deny point. it anymore. You can't deny it anymore. They are aware we exist. You know, I love that. I love that be. where you've, you, you know, I've, I've been a big cat for years and years and years, and I never thought of sharpening mm-hmm. my claws on a building. I love it when someone thinks of an idea mm-hmm. and you're like, that's so obvious. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I do too. That's actually really creative. Um, and you know what's interesting? Somewhat of a not not a tangent, but just like a side item to all this, like a la carte. Um, why is it that non-macros think of some of the most creative stuff for macro interactions? Like, I've had this happen to me multiple times. Like, similar to Long Cat Meowth sharpening his claws on skyscrapers. Like, it's ingenious. It's like, oh, I never thought of that. I've had non-macro friends of mine come up with scenarios for macro stuff, and I'm like, I've literally never thought of that. That's amazing. Have you guys ever had that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, their brain works because they don't see it all the time so i don't know well i i think it's kind of like when you uh when you start reading a story you're visualizing it in your head yeah and so one of the tricks you can do as an author is try not to make people redraw in their head so if i tell you people are walking up the stairs and they they turn to go into a bedroom if i'm writing that i don't say Mm -hmm. they turn left to go into a bedroom because right, right. if they've, for some reason, mapped their house in their head a few ways, it takes them out of the story for them to have to redraw that image, so to speak, which is a long right, no, way. No real. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Which is a long way to say we have an image, a framework, whatever you want to call it, on how we think of macro. And we've really explored it a lot. But a new person That's showing true. up, they're drawing it for the first time. And they might think of something totally different that you didn't. And then it's like, wow, it's, it's new again. That is such a crazy good concept. And I love it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, because like um, being a dungeon master and also I've done creative writing as well. Like when you lead a campaign or when you tell a story, it's very true. You want to give the content for what is there or, you know, what you're going to include. You want to leave the imagination to the players or to the readers a lot. So it's really interesting that someone coming from an outside perspective can provide such a refreshing insight 
on stuff that we have literally been in for decades. Oh, yeah. And I think from the same point of view, you also see that a lot of really good macro style art comes from artists who've never done that before. Yes, um, that is equally true. Yeah, so... Well, from, you know, from it, an artist's perspective, too, I've heard a couple of them say this. It, macro is interesting because it is a perspective mm -hmm. play. And, right. and yes, that's, it's that's a technically difficult and fun thing to do as an artist. Mm-hmm, for sure. Also, I've heard a lot of people who are, you know, artists not in the macro-microsphere um, talk about how absolutely entertaining it is to draw macro, like, in a bunch of different ways, like macro and micro. Um, and one of the things that I get the most, or that I've heard the most, is that Vor, specifically, is extremely fun to draw because moths and saliva and all that stuff it's just fun because especially working with fluids as an artist it, it really is fun to draw like well if, water, if, if you like liquids, drawing the shine and the sheen and the stuff it's also there are some people that they, they hate doing something and so they'll do anything true, they can true. to avoid yeah. it <laughs> right like for me i love the shading and highlight phase. like like it's one of my favorite parts who's the really crappy marvel cover comic artist from the 90s that he never drew feet uh, <laughs> he, oh, he's scared. Oh, what's huh? the guy? He always gets the proportions off, and he always has the leg patches where he's got like a a, a bag or I'm something sure. on the leg. What's the guy's name? But if you just go, uh, Rob Liefeld. If you go look up, just okay. look up like Rob Liefeld bad art, <laughs> and it's okay. just a lesson on how not to draw things. But he did cover. I'm actually doing this right cover now. Cover after cover after cover in Marvel has his stuff yeah. on it from those years, and it's like this stuff is horrible. What was what was his name? Rob Liefeld. L-E-I-F-I-E-L. But was it just horrible because of the lack of feet? Or... Oh, there's guys. <laughs> if you look at it, there's some scenes in there where he's obviously melded two different photo references. And consequently, that person has a broken spine. You know, their shoulders are at a different uh, I'm, I'm, angle. You know. I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah. That, that... Oh, gosh. <laughs> to go... Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So the, oh no, the, the, we're probably way off tangent on this, but yeah, that's that's an entire afternoon of just if you have an artist friend, just to sit next to them and start to show them this is hilarious. What is this, Captain Amer? His chest is no, his chest is opening like a door. Oh no, honey. Oh shit, that's bad. I'm sorry. I don't mean to you know be be such a critic, but ooh, that that was intense. Anyway. So from bad comics... Um, Let's go back to a subject you already touched on, Vor. Yes. So you're into Vor now. I have been for a while. So is He's it, been into Vor yes. for a while. Yeah. Is it Maws mm -hmm. more than Paws for you now? No. I am Team Mawpaw. Mawpaw? You want team. You, you, your team foot and mouth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do that all the time, so hey. Um, but no, I am Team Mawpaw or Pawmaw. Yes. Don't let them convince you otherwise. Team Pawmaw does exist. I, it is a balance of the force I guess, between. I guess it was first squared or whatever. The, some of the, uh, the 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 Great Lakes area guys, the the alkalis in them, they've had debates mm -hmm. on maws versus yeah. paws. Was it maws versus <laughs> paws Twitter versus polls. tails versus? There was an, yeah. another, another one in there. Yeah, there have been Twitter Boops. polls. People have done YCHs or like growth or whatever drives or whatever like Team Maw versus Team Paw. Like that's been something for a while. But I love both equally. For different reasons. Obviously, pause where it all started. Um, but I don't know. Vor just has an element to it where it's just it's nice, it's comfy. I don't do hard vor usually. It's more like the soft stuff. What do you What do you mean hard vor? What swallowing? So, like crush. 
Um, oh, crush obviously. and mess yeah. and and details yes. of death. And then digestion and everything after oh, that. So, okay. Uh, no, I usually stick with maw cuddles, uh, maw play, and then like it ends at swallowing. Oh, that's where it ends. I see. That, that's fine. So, so you let the stomach acid do the dirty work? Uh, yeah, I don't really. Mm, no, that's where I stop. <laughs> that's that's the line. <laughs> I mean, usually. if there you're going to swallow them, that's what happens. It's true, not, but th- there have been times where, I mean, I, I do like, like that part is okay. I like that and I stop after that. Like digestion doesn't happen. But there have been a few times that uh, I have looked at some digestion art, and it has really caught my eye, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really well done. So, you know, I'm not, like, totally anti, but it's not usually my thing. What about you, Benny? Me? Did you ask the question? Yeah. Oh, oh, shit, I'm on the spot now. That's not allowed. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, you're on this spot right here, the spot I'm pointing at. Oh, man. See, now this gets into this weird thing of... Uh, is it something that my character, my avatar, as it's presented, would do, or is this something you've dabbled or tried with or, or talked with I mean, other people about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think maybe that's a definition that that people don't care about as much anymore. Uh, True. But uh, at the end of the day, the reason I write stuff, the reason I interact with people, is I like making them squirm. <laughs> and okay, and in that respect, there's things I like that are my hot buttons. Uh, like mm-hmm. growth and stuff like that. If I can hybridize yes. it with ever what they like, uh, I figured that's a okay. that's a win win. So that is a win. Yeah, I see this as an absolute win. So yeah, depending on who it is, it can be the the darker stuff. It can be Vor. It can be Crush. It can be all that other stuff okay. like that. But there, there's a. You know, I really should commission you sometime. Oh, I don't take commissions on stories. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, if you want to, I can try and write something, but it's. No, it's it's good. I'm it's because commission puts a lot of pressure on you, and I think it's yeah. in some ways it's worse writing than drawing because drawing you are portraying mm-hmm. the character, and they look at it and go, "Yeah, that's kind of me." But when you're writing, mm-hmm. you're putting words in their mouths, you're putting thoughts in their head, and that and and if you get that wrong, that can be a lot bigger turnoff. But some people do a great job of it. I guess I'm I'm gun shy of of really offending someone. Yeah, the writers are the unsung heroes. You like everyone, every writer needs way more and, attention. Are you hearing me? Everyone listening, and, please give your writers more attention and love. And they need it. God love the well, people what... out there that can do volume at writing too. I am so slow at it. You've got people like hmm. uh Sylvan and Danith and all these other folks that just they put out tremendous amount of work and it's just like wow. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna say, Quandy? I say that's why like commission on writing I almost prefer just giving an archetype of a character and not necessarily defining, like using a specific character or a character that's already been defined um, and just saying like, okay, this is the type of character I want, um, you know, and then just go kind of from there. That gives the writer more freedom to, you know, make the character their own while still working Mm -hmm. within the framework that the commissioner is, is wanting. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. And like, go ahead. Oh, as as an artist myself, I, I have done creative writing before. I've never done commissions for writing, and it has been a while since I've tried creative writing. But in any sense, I love having creative freedom and giving creative freedom. I know there's artists out there who, like, you know, you need to draw them a bulleted list or something <laughs> like, you know, what is your character? What do they look like? <clears throat> what are they? Um, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you have to list everything out for an artist to feel comfortable doing it. Others are like, you know, just give me their name. 
I'll draw yeah. what I think they look like. And you know, it's funny. Like. Some artists, they get really frustrated if you give them too open-ended of a commission. I, right, I actually right. started to get around that by saying, I, I don't, I'm always worried if I give an artist, I want this specific idea that I might give them something that's unworkable. Uh, mm -hmm. So I actually, yeah. for the characters, I'll have references for the characters, but then I'll have a list of like 10 ideas and say, yeah. pick one of these, whatever one strikes your fancy. And the one that surprised mm -hmm. me, because I'm used to, you try and commission someone who is interested in what the item is. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to go find someone that goes, I hate macro and of say, course. here, draw, draw macro. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. And, and sometimes I'll go to an artist, let's take an example that they draw really massive characters, really big musculature and stuff like that. And I say, mm -hmm. okay, here's shout this. Out here, shout out to Nova. Shout out to a lot of characters. The, shout out to Ryoka. Yeah. It's like, here's this list of ideas. <laughs> and on that list, there may be one or two things that are kind of cute humor things. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, I'll do that. I've been totally mm -hmm. floored a couple of times where I'm like, I'm giving you this list that half of it is in your wheelhouse. And you mm -hmm. went for the off the wall for the other thing. I'm, the surprising thing so, for me is most of the time when they pick something I don't expect, I get really yeah. nice artwork out of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I, I uh, sorry, I just wanted to um, say this real fast. So I, I've seen a trick that people use. Um, they'll like, I, I think Ian, Ian Corvid showed me the first, uh, showed me this the first time. He has a sketchbook that on every page he has written an idea for an art problem yeah. or something like that really neat idea for that kind of thing too so i've, I've seen um, that just made me think of that i've seen people do that where they they hand that and then they hand a book around and let the artist pick a page yeah 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 mm, the, but like oh good oh the reason i originally came up with the list it was purely self-defense because the mo <laughs> the moment i actually ask someone or i get on a line and say hey can i give a commission because you know nine mm -hmm. times out of ten they're like oh you needed to ask me on alternating Thursdays on Hellfreeze's Overday in the month of Never when I was open. And True. I'm like, yeah. uh, okay. But then they say, oh, yes, I'm open. What would you like? And my mind goes into a polar vortex Just blank. Goes, boom. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I art, I have that please. Curse. Uh. So I have that same curse. <laughs> I am an artist. I have studied poses. I have looked at many different pieces of art with ideas that I have thought are neat. My fur affinity favorites gallery is littered with amazing art, lit's inspiration or something like that. And I have all of these ideas swirling in my mind at any given time during the day. I get to a commissioner booth at a con. <laughs> everything just dies. My head goes radio silent. I can't think. I don't know what I want. And I'm next in line. And it's like, huh, <laughs> well, neat. Going off of that, I mean, this is kind of shifting topic a little bit. But since we do have MMF coming up this upcoming Woo! week... Um, one of the things that I've always so found uh, awkward, I guess, of, of uh -huh. commissioning art at a con that's not a problem when you're doing it online is having to, especially if you're commissioning something that's a little bit more risque or yep. um, worse than that, um, having to <laughs> oh, vocally oh talk about uh, the type, what, what you want when you're explaining it to the commissioner. Uh, I'm thinking of mm -hmm. things that I... I've done with, um, especially with Gideon, several times. Yeah. Because uh, you know we all know what Gideon's uh, specialty oh, is as far as as far wink, as their wink. art goes. Um, so having to describe that, and, and I know that like to him it's probably the most banal, like basic thing that he gets Boy, all the time. A huge fucking hypocrite. Oh, but sorry, having to talk about it with like <laughs> you know with 
a thousand other people in the room, even though none exactly. of them were listening except for you know them. It just mm-hmm. made one of those things that I still haven't gotten comfortable it's true. with. Oh yeah, yeah, and like so with com- commissioning artists as well. Not only is there is there that like if you ever go for you know NSFW pieces at a con, um, but just in general, I get very nervous <laughs> when I'm commissioning another artist, especially if it's someone that I don't really know well. Uh, even more so if it's someone that I do know well and I don't want to be a jerk to them. So, but like, uh, not only can I not think of an idea, which I've actually been writing stuff down recently, like in my phone with like a Telegram messenger sending messages to myself. It's a really good idea. Um, Adamist actually gave me that idea. But um, uh, w- when it comes to picking the... I actually just lost my train of thought. Holy, holy shit. Okay, my bad. I lost where I was going with that. We can continue. <laughs> <laughs> About how hard it is to commission at cons, huh? Yes. Uh, oh, man, my brain just went everywhere. And, and I always I always feel bad because a lot of the very popular artists, they're incredibly pressed for time. And the mm. characters I want to do are hard. You know, it's like, okay, I'd like something macros, so it's got perspective. Mm-hmm. That's hard. I'd something tiger because yeah. all those stripes. All the stripes are yes. hard. And then, of course, yes. I'm going to say, you know... Uh, I, I like heavier builds, more extreme builds. Mm-hmm. All of that is Big, hard. Thick, yes, and, please. And there's a couple people that can just draw that all day. You can go by Gideon's booth. You can get that. You can go by Zephyrus's booth. You can get Shout that. Shout out to Macroselli. Uh, Macroselli. What, what, makes, what makes a bigger build <laughs> harder than a, ooh, like ooh. a Twinkish build? Me. Me. Pick me. Um, so when you have muscles on a character or when you have fat on a character or something like that, the like when you think of a typical body or like what a anthro body would be you usually will think of something average like thin-ish maybe when you enhance musculature or when you enhance fat etc the proportions can shift slightly and it can be enough to make it awkward um whenever you see people especially when they blow it through the roof with um proportions like ryoku doing hyper muscle and you know other artists like noms doing you know sometimes really really big fat boys it can really just kind of make things more difficult yeah. because you take your basic understanding of anatomy and then it just kind of gets tossed out the window. I think the further you get away from uh, standard anatomy, the harder it is. Uh, and yes. you run into a couple things, For especially sure. if you're building like superhero builds, you're trying to get the mm-hmm. massive body, but not the tiny head kind of look. Yes. And, and not mm-hmm. to mention when, when you try to combine things like, like, so let's say you take a superhero build, but then you put it on a theropod character, like that has digitigrade legs or something yeah. like that. Or if you do like, you have to hyper take... or stuff, all of those. Yes. You're bending reality a little bit, and so it takes time and effort. Mm-hmm. They can't just cut that off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, and Tiern, Tiern told me once, um, like when I asked him about like how do I get better at art, he said, first off, draw from life, which is probably the greatest advice you'll ever get as a budding artist. Second, um, learn anatomy, and then when you know anatomy, you learn how to break it. Like you have to master basic anatomy first before you can break it, so which, which takes a while. Well, and speaking of drawing, that that can kind of, if you don't mind, a, a subject change. Uh, one of the things that we were kicking around at one point as a set of questions, I think, for a con panel, was, oh, uh, what are your three favorite species for macro or micro? Oh boy, Quan. Oh, oh put, put him on the spot first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for macro or micro? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, wouldn't it? I, I mean, I think that just kind of 
<coughs> correlates with just my general. Well, life. let's say you can't use any characters you have. The, and the reason there's numbers there to say three. <laughs> oh, come on. The, the reason, the, reason the number the is log. three is so you can immediately say, well, of course, I love my character. But also. Yes, of course. Well, I mean, I have yes. three main, main characters <laughs> that I use. So that's why I was like, you know, <coughs> Tiger, Meerkat, Red Panda. That's easy. <laughs> that's a good three. Hey. I have no qualms. I like snow leopards no... too. I mean, otters. You know. Oh, snappers are, are wonderful. They've got yeah. they've got the thick, blocky limbs and paws. Snaps have the snowshoes. Their paws are inherently huge. They have an advantage. So, so are the macro. But I mean, to me, like to me, like being macro micro doesn't really make a difference in that question for me because mm. all I think about is, in that context is kind of <coughs> macro micro, like. Okay, just like in general, not yeah. like the yeah. I, I think there's a little bit of fun in in taking some species that are typically small and cute and making them gigantic, and taking so, threatening species and making them teeny. I, oh, of course. You know, a a like kawaka grown up to uh, gigantic size uh, is is going to be interesting, and or you know, mm -hmm. you can't be really threatened by an angry panther that's the size of a flea. <laughs> that's true. So I'm actually it's this is an interesting question because. Um, I'm actually on the opposite side. Not not like entirely. But you'd make the small things smaller like, and the big things bigger? Well, uh, you know, equality. But <laughs> uh, when it comes to characters, um, I there are certain types of characters that I do enjoy seeing more macro or micro in certain senses. Um, I like the general size, but obviously cheetahs because, you know. But... Um, I'm also... But you're, like, going to, like, um, super muscular at this point, and Cheetah's, like, well, the leanest of the big kind cats. Of, well, that's also kind of the point, uh, since cheetahs are normally the, the most lithe, I'm the biggest. So I just went, like, you know, opposites. But I love... Like, I'm 50% I'm scaly at this point, because I love uh, theropods, specifically, like T-Rex style, etc. Um, from Monster Hunter, there's the Anjanath. And my Anjanath boy tooth has become literally my favorite creation I've ever made. I love him so much. So obviously, I, I like theropod characters. Um, she does like big cats. I, I'm like I'm generalizing, but those two. And then the the third one would probably be uh, I'd say rabbits, like bunnies, like mega buns are real good. So. Uh, are you in the big fight on whether or not bunnies have paw pads? I am. Uh, they don't. Ah, okay. That is where I side. You can send your hate mail to quandry.bashir at gmail. <laughs> I'm trying to think if that's actually an alien. I, I, don't, I don't think it is. Oh, gosh. I love it. Well, if you, so, if you want a if, controversial one, which is worse, mm -hmm. Gadzuki or Godzilla in name oh, only? Boy. Uh, Gino is the best, so don't at me. D don't you dare at me, anyone. Gino I think is you're best. the Godzuki, only person on the planet that likes Gino. I can't be. <laughs> no, that, I that's not true, because I was in a, a chat room, a, my lo no. a local state chat room, that is not macro in nature, and there were people there who were defending Gino. Mm -hmm. so. so I have to say, <sighs> Zilla, or Gino, has influenced so much of my macrophilia it's insane like that's one of the first things i got into when i was younger so obviously tooth i made a post on twitter about this like maybe two months ago or so but it's like 
Zilla totally didn't have any inspiration for Tooth. Not at all, except he totally did. So I will always side with Gino. You can put Gino up against any Gojira, and I will always pick Gino. I don't care. You can fight me. <laughs> now, I wonder if, so. if if you had been born at a different time in the first Godzilla film you'd seen when you were impressionable. Oh, probably. Else, if it, if it, that would hold. Yeah. It, it's, it's purely nature versus nurture, I guess, it's in a weird way. Like, I just grew up with it. So it, it just has latched to my brain the most. And it's an aesthetic. So. Huh. Anything else on that list of you? Oh, there's there? a ton of stuff I was letting. Uh, I didn't know if anyone else wanted to leave. Give it. us Let's another. see. What are these? I have to ask one of these things. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh, we got asked this one on Twitter. Uh, what appeals to you psychologically about size shifting? Is it the changing of size or is it the being of a different size that's appealing? Huh. Who asked that? Uh, that was uh, Buddy Good Boy Esquire asked that one. Uh, <laughs> when I says, hey, we're going to have a potpourri, does anyone have any questions? Now, I know for me mm-hmm. personally, I like the act of changing. Uh, it's, and I know yes. that when it comes to growth and shrinking, there's, there's like two camps of people in this. I like the process mm-hmm. of while it is happening. It's not the end goal for me that's <clears> the big thing. Because uh, I just mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that it can be more, uh, how do I put this, uh, passively ominous. Uh, that the power is increasing or that the person is getting bigger. They aren't overtly threatening you, but you realize yeah. what's happening. And, right. and so that's why things like clothes bursting, uh, building problems compressed into spaces, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is mm-hmm. very appealing to me. It, it, that's like that sweet spot of all of that happening at once for me. How about for you guys? I mean, I think it's the same for probably for both of us. I mean, I know that, that Kenson is pretty yeah. big and do growth <laughs> yes but, but at like, the same time at the same time i think i also can appreciate non-growth but still macro micro scenarios as well yes. um ones that you know it, it's not my pro- top preference but it's something i still get into i guess mm-hmm. so i i can't pick a side on that because i love both equally I really do. I love the process of growing, obviously the the pleasure that one would get from it, um, the expansion in size and power, etc. It's it's not only attractive but you know really appealing to not only look at but to experience. So that process is amazing. But then there's also when you hit a certain height and then you just look down or you just loom over or you see someone looming over. I think those like spaces in between growing are just as important so like let's say you go from normal height like you get a growth surge or something to 100 feet you stomp around at 100 feet for a little bit you get another growth surge etc like oh oh yeah that non-stop growing is cool but i like the you know the tiered growing if you will or like especially when you grow after stomping a certain amount of people or something i I wonder if there's also a difference in that between people who prefer macro scenarios and people prefer micro scenarios because because you see a lot of writing and art and you know sequences that show a slower growth process you don't see as much of that on the shrinking side you don't see like Mm -hmm. a slow shrinking process usually when you see micro art it's either like the shrinking happens like kind of almost instantaneously or they're just already small 
Yeah, it's so and, and I have seen in the shrinking of the longer shrinking arcs I've read, the act of shrinking is kind of off stage. Uh, I woke up this well, morning yeah. and I'm this much smaller. Now I have to interact with the world. It's like uh, it's not the appeal to them. It's they want to talk about being stuck at that size. And I've never mm-hmm. seen anyone. I've never seen anything that um, would put the act of shrinking itself as being um, pleasurable in a way that you often see people describe the act of growth. You know, as that, so that's a good point. The, I've never seen the that. reason. The reason why um, I'm just going to take a stab at this, but it probably has to do with you know the psychology behind it, which is essentially, I guess, the question. Um, when you grow, it's an increase in power and I would say pretty much every single person on the planet, due to just how the human mind works, power is attractive at some level. Um, whether you're experiencing it yourself or someone else is doing it, power is obviously something that people find attractive. And shrinking is inherently diminutive. It removes power. So maybe that's why? But those people who can get in, I mean, obviously those people who appreciate the micro thing and that in itself is just a right. lack of power so that's true and also you know why why would going through the process why why would the process be a diff be a difference there yeah that's that's a good point because because shrinking could be equally as pleasurable because it is fantasy you can make it what you want well so, and i don't even know if uh, I, I know that there is a, a large amount of appeal of macro. I think there's a lot of reasons that you're in, into it, there, that you can be into a mm-hmm. macro, uh, that growth is of interest. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. because it, well, And also it's a preamble to saying you're going to be giant, so that, that's also a fun point that people go into. Uh, I don't right, think right. I would frame being micro as necessarily a loss of power. Um, they are, there's, there's a whole lot of the, it's kind of like furry stories mm-hmm. and a whole lot of, Hey, you know, you, you watch Zootopia, Hey, they have a city, but they're animals. There's a whole hey. lot of, Hey, this person is a person, but they're small. And, and yeah. I don't think it's, while it is framed of, Hey, this is kind of different and goofy. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily always framed as a loss of power, uh, in right. some cases, it can be really interesting. Uh, I, I'm going to reach out on the fandom to cite one. Uh, Discworld by uh, Terry Pratchett references the gnomes at one point mm-hmm. that they basically have the strength of a, of a human, but they're the size of a you know a garden gnome. And yeah. uh, but from their perspective, it costs them very little money to live because a loaf of bread lasts sure. them for a week, and they don't have to do a lot of work. And it's he actually kind of hints that in some ways they kind of have a better life because what they need to live with is much more easily accessible to them as a recognized intelligent entity. Uh, and, and in that same you know, idea, you have Ant-Man in the Marvel movies and mm-hmm. comics that um, obviously his, his whole strength, uh, his superpower is being able to uh, yes. shrink and, and, and then the wasp, you know, them able to kind of zip around and, and mm-hmm. be, you know, do their thing at, at that size. Now they obviously get in the, in the, more recent one they get into the other side of the coin too with growing bigger than than Fantastic. normal yeah but mm-hmm. um you know at least the initial premise of the superhero is oh being small makes them more powerful yeah it- yeah and also like with with shrinking um th- there's a lot of things that you don't normally like you want to think of think of up front and we have talked about on uh, on the show before 
that, you know, just how hard it would be if you were permanently stuck at even like 20 feet tall. The amount of the amount that you would have to eat, the way that, you know, someone would live if they were at that height, et cetera, et cetera, it'd be very difficult. Whereas the benefit of being tiny is you can live easier. But I think I don't know reasons... if I was 20 feet tall, my the amount of stuff I eat might be more um, <laughs> adequate. <laughs> that's true actually yeah i feel the same way but like when you're shrinking you're going you're you're becoming um part of the background almost you're you're becoming not the main part of the scene it's almost like an intrinsic you know i'm fading into the background now i'm just here i guess while at whereas growing intrinsically you are the center of attention you are the spotlight that is the thing that's happening right now because you are huger than everything around so yeah it's interesting though uh when we we've had panels on stuff uh i i know i'm in the minority uh where if you have a world that has large size difference of intelligent creatures that is you have macros and normal people in micros uh Mm evolutionarily and economically depending on how you want to look at it the micros are going to win because it costs them much less to have a society earlier and it costs Mm -hmm. them much less to maintain that society uh uh, and so and and inversely the macros take a lot more and a lot more Mm -hmm. food a lot more eating a lot more work and so (laughs) so in a vacuum so so in a theoretical world that has all of that you could eventually say, okay, in the sci-fi future, you're going to have a really highly technological micro race that, and mm-hmm. a probably not quite as technologically smart macro race. But did one <laughs> enslave the other? Does one exist off the other? Do they coexist? Well, you have you get you get the Fraggle Rock scenario where the the, the macros just come in and stomp and eat all of uh-huh. the the micros. That's what I was, that's what I was gonna say. Exactly. Yep. You know so. So if it, if it was uh, if it was a peaceful world, quote unquote, or there wasn't war that happened between them, totally. Well, but the funny thing is, take... uh, there's a there's a an economic view of uh, conflict, a macroeconomic mm-hmm. view of that when there's a widely disparaged set <laughs> of resources amongst uh, populations, that mm-hmm. you will inherently have war. And so, mm-hmm. if you subscribe to that view, of purely economic view of the causes of war and peace. Uh, that means that that society is always going to be in conflict in some form. But right. I don't think so I don't it, think that necessarily is an inevitability because you see things on a smaller scale, obviously, of like symbiotic relationships where you know, for example, the the bird that is on the back of the rhino, where um, the bird is getting a benefit from true living on a much larger creature. Uh, and I think you can extrapolate that, and the rhino's getting the benefit too yep. of, of yep. having the bird clean them. Um, and you can kind of extrapolate that out to potential civilization scenarios where there can be a benefit of even if the societies are separate and you have separate macro societies and separate micro societies, where one can they can provide each other um, things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to provide themselves and. Right. Uh, and live in in peace and harmony. That True. that would be my definition of utopia. That would be amazing if there was macros and micros that existed and like coexisted, etc. That would be amazing. But the way of the world usually is that the big people take what they want, or the powerful, blah blah blah. Well, and I, I think I can only, I can only think of it ending usually like in one way, and that is while those societies are developing or evolving, etc. That if the bigs find the smalls and there's something that they want from the smalls, 
they will take it. I, I think actually Quan hit on a really good point there. We just automatically assume that the symbiotic race is the smaller. You know, it may right, just right. be that micro uh, microquin there is technologically advanced and just keeping us all <laughs> entertained to have giant macros around him for defense. <laughs> Well, and also, and if you think about it, there there are a lot of advantages that, depending on how small you go, a microscopic yes. or, or or a micro uh, civilization might have. I mean, obviously, it's not a, again civilization, but one mm-hmm. of the biggest killers in um, in human history is plague from you know bacteria, um, yep. or and and so if you extrapolate that out, especially if a micro um, has a a more technologically advanced civilization mm-hmm. there might be reasons for the macros to not want to fight them and say okay mm-hmm. look we know that you you could potentially wipe us out or, or cause significant right. damage let's let's find a way to make this work right so like it's a really interesting concept almost like um Almost like when you shrink down small enough, your idea of what interacts with what kind of breaks. Because what if I told you, you could get small enough that I could not stomp you no matter how hard I tried? Because it's true. Uh, technically, if you got small enough, you would essentially just slip between the grooves of the pads or the toes and you'd be unharmed. Because if you get small enough, stuff can protect you that normally shouldn't protect you, like atoms and things. So, or, or maybe the the micro would have some sort of like exoskeleton that protects them right. from, uh, or like yeah. you know, even from technology. <laughs> not not necessarily stomp, a biological. Stomp airbags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You so try like, and stomp like, them, like, just go macros. Boom. Guys, our micro friends, I understand. Sometimes you guys are like, oh well, all they do is just like, her. I'm gonna stomp you. I'm big and stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, I can do stuff too. Like a tiny, like a micro that is deadly is actually one of the most terrifying things, like a virus, etc. Um, something so small that you can't see it or perceive it, yet it can totally hurt you. That's actually pretty spooky. Well, you know, I won't lie. Well, you know, I, I can kind of transition that to another question that we got from uh, Pink Otter. Uh, oh. That was, and this is, you, you get these occasionally at cons kind of things. If you were a macro, what would your ideal size be and how would you interact with oh, your gosh. world? And, how do and I ch- the add-on to that is, how, how, what do you feel a macro's idea of a good time would be? Uh, their their commentary, <laughs> just any macro. Their commentary is, uh. I've personally been drawn to macro because I imagine how it feels and just how wildly different it is from a mundane world. Now, True. Uh, I, I'm going to say before you answer this question, this is mm-hmm. permanent and non-changing. You're gonna oh, be this gosh. size forever. So what size would you that appeal is, to be and why and how would you enjoy it? How would you interact with it? That that is such a hard question. Um are we t- are we take we talking like real life or fantasy? Uh yes. I, I actually I can give you the I can give you my answer. <laughs> okay. So good. conceptually if this were to happen and I'm still my furry self cuz that's it that's yes. fantasy enough. Um mm-hmm. I would probably shoot for uh about 9 to 12 foot. Uh, maybe a max of about 20 uh, because I would still want to re- interact with the world around me. Yes. And, and it, nine doesn't sound like a much numerically, but if you're up standing next to the person, they're goddamn gigantic. And they can still do things <laughs> yeah. like get on and off elevators, though they probably can't book a taxi. They can't get on an escalator. They have to watch their weight. If I had to yeah. interact with the world the rest of my life and wanted to be 
wanted to have the benefits of being gigantic and still being interact with the world around me and interact romantically with people around me, mm-hmm. uh, yes. it's going to be in that range. That's fair. Next. Um, what about you, Kwan? Oh! I'm trying to decide. Throw it back to the deflecting. Kwan. You keep yeah. deflecting. It's your turn. I'm trying to decide. <laughs> I can't. It's hard. It's hard, isn't so, it? Yeah. The, the thing that makes it for me is that I'm not, even though I portray myself character-wise as a macro, you know, in, in, in the way I perceive things, I much prefer seeing other people big. Um, yeah. Not necessarily that I like being micro, but that I like seeing other people like go through growth processing, et cetera. Um, and I'm already in, in real life, you know, relatively tall. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I almost would think that, like, I would go for a lower height than I currently am. Okay. Um, hey, that's fair. Like, because the, <coughs> the thing is about being, like, 6'4", so there's a lot of things that okay, well, you're just a little too tall for. Since... Uh, and, you know, like like <laughs> airplane seats and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, roller coaster mm-hmm. uh, over-the-shoulder restraints and things like that. So, okay, um, since, since you... To flip it, to match what you like, if your theoretical partner could be a size range and it was permanent would it be macro and what range would it be oh boy that's opening I mean, brand I mean, new doors yeah that's that's a completely different question that is opening okay so I, I, would, doors. I, I would i would have a lot of zeros in in that answer um, <laughs> all yeah. of them so like um i, okay. I guess i guess in, re- in reality i mean i would probably if, if it was a partner um mm-hmm. i would probably want them to be able Unless there was some sort of like weird like way to communicate at extreme sizes and way to Telepathy. prevent myself from getting uh-huh. killed, um, I would yeah. probably go with like a. Well, the other hard question is like, how realistic am I trying to be? <laughs> Boy, here because we I mean, if I if I pick nerves. like if I, if I'm going for like okay, someone who I would want to live with, and mm-hmm. you know, if I go for like a hundred feet. Give us just that's the gonna most make generic. things difficult in many yeah. different ways, and I can go for nine feet, like you said, Benny, and and uh-huh. still live relatively But you gotta pick life. one. But it's hard. I, I don't know. Okay, uh, so my answer for what size I would want to be pretty much replicates Benny's. Um, the interaction zone, quote unquote, um, which is arguable, but to me, it's from you know a few feet to like one hundred and fifty feet. Or like a couple inches to 150 feet. Because even at 150 feet, you can still interact. You can pick up people. You can see them. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but if I had to choose, I would probably say around 10, 11 feet. Maybe 12. Because I would be big enough and heavy enough to have my foot paws do the womp womp. Which is amazing. But also, I would be small enough to fit in things. To do things. To interact with my life and but, obviously but, i'd want to be you know as kenson so. but you're not really like like fitting in things i mean like most ceilings are going to be you're going to have to be like on your hands and knees fitting in most yeah things, and that gets old after yeah, a yeah while. somewhere around well, somewhere around eight or nine foot or uh nine to ten foot your fingers won't be able to type on keyboards uh yeah, you know yeah. you won't be able to hold a key cleanly to get into the door very well things mm-hmm. like that you won't be able to go on any rides at disney world no but the thing is the thing is i would I would totally eat all of that just to be that big. Uh-huh. I would love every second of that. If I was like twelve feet tall and like Kenson, like actually, you know, in Kenson's body, I would 
I would love that. Well, so, see, at that point, that I'm like thinking, why don't you just go to like fifty or a hundred or well, like because if you're already going to give up a bunch of your well, real, I would your still real be able life to shelter. I would still be yeah, able to have shelter. That's a, that's a really valid point. I hadn't thought about that. Is after yeah, I would, after a certain point of event horizon, it's just it's just difficult. So you might as well just be really big. Yeah. Well, so um, if we're taking reality into effect, at least in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> like nine to twelve feet tall, you would still be able to eat a lot of food, but it would still be food that you could purchase, and you might be spending more, but it wouldn't be crazy. Uh, you'd be able to fit in buildings. Sure, you'd have to duck for a lot of them, but you could still fit, which means you would have shelter. You would have your basic necessities still provided for you. It's just you'd be bigger. Whereas if you were fifty feet tall or something bigger, you would have to eat so much more food, almost an impossible amount to have a job or to make a living wage, etc. But there's um, 8 billion people on Earth. That's plenty of food. Well, true. but <laughs> It always goes realistic... back to war, doesn't it? So we're, we're taking a realistic swing, obviously. If I was trying to exist in the world that we live in today as Kenson at a height, I would choose 9 to 12 feet. If we're like throwing reality out the window... And I can obviously be just whatever I want to be. And I I just think that there's like you're throwing at at that height, you're getting rid of too much stuff that may that if you still accept the rest of the reality, Mm -hmm. that reality would be a pain. I'm saying to somebody who is already like a little too tall for most of for a lot of things in in our life that, you know, that going on a plane is 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 painful Mm -hmm. and and you know having to deal with all of that see this is why i just love size shifting it solves imagine having to do laundry imagine having to do laundry (laughs) as a 10 foot tall person like not only are your clothes bigger and you'll have to probably do like five loads to get all a week's worth of clothes (laughs) because you know two days worth of clothes takes up the whole cycle but then you're having to bend down and like get into the the dryer or the washer um, and, and, and get like, the coins into the slot with fingers yeah. that are like five <laughs> yeah. times the size to hold them. But I would give the best cuddles on the planet. Well, that's true. You could be a so, bed. But you, until, you, until you squish your first cuddly and... Nah. why? I would just lay it, it, It's like that. But, uh, isn't there like some sort of like some character that hug, gives hugs so hard that they like squish people to death? Oh, oh, know, oh um, uh, what was his oh, name? Oh, uh, from Of Mice and Men. Yes, Of Mice and Men. Yes. His, his uh, name is Lenny. George, and he doesn't Lenny. move much anymore. Lenny, thank you. Lenny, Oh, yeah. God. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, actually, Kenson t- but... touched on, hey, if it's a world where I can change size, uh, one of the questions. Si- one of the questions. <laughs> size shifting what is fixes you, everything. What is your favorite method of size change, and why? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, let's, let's, let's modify that a little bit. And say, because I mean, a lot of favorite things, like I would say, um, may not necessarily work in real life. But let's say if you had to, if you could have a method of size changing, that what would be the best one that would work in real life um, and, and have Fair. to, and, and not going into like scientific things of like the method behind it, but more yes. of the practical. Ah, okay. And there is a follow up question that's, that's related, but we'll get to that when we're done with this. Okay. So for me, <laughs> It's really easy to just say, oh, think about it, and it happens, which is obviously, it's a good thing, because you would have complete control over it, it would be fantastic, um, which is probably what I would go with, honestly. I know it's a boring answer, but if I'm talking about coexisting in reality, I would want to have complete control over that, so just obviously thinking about it, 
maybe if I'm like drinking or smoking or something, the inhibitions would kind of dilute a little bit and stuff could get a little weird, like growing at a party or something like that. Sure. But if I didn't have complete control over it, it'd be kind of bad in real life. So I think for me, the best case scenario, the best option would be an app on my phone because okay. nice. that gives the uh, the option for having it pretty much in my control especially if the phone grows obviously <coughs> if, if you're if the phone doesn't grow that presents another problem um mm-hmm. being 100 feet tall and trying to pinpoint yep. you know use a little toothpick to pick the option on the screen <laughs> but assuming the phone grows with you um yeah, siri make me smaller <laughs> yes that, that <laughs> okay but, but making you smaller you could also set up interesting things like uh it opens the door for things like growing over a certain oh percentage, uh, like a certain percentage over yep, a certain yep. amount of time, yeah, um, or growing all That's at once, true. and also setting like limits, like okay, I have if I, you know, I have to, I can't go beyond this without overriding things because I don't want to uh-huh. like get drunk and go on a growth. Oh, like rampage. like like a like a do not disturb mode. Or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> like 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 I can. That's awesome. Like I, I if I want to go beyond a certain height, I'd have to prove my sobriety yep. basically. Or there's a there's a surprise me option or something like that. <laughs> I'm but feeling like, lucky. Click. I'm yes. feeling lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so you're like, you're suddenly a centimeter oh tall. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, that that's that's a really interesting cool. take. Now for me, yeah. uh, the device doesn't matter as much. Uh, I was. When I get this question, I, it took me a long while to figure out what it is. Uh, I like, in, you know, my character has an inherent ability, but I keep finding myself doing things where that breaks. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I would suggest, like, okay, the ability is so strong, his control is not fine, uh, yep. or it leaks. That is, uh, if he's distracted, he might start growing or drunk right, or right. other items that, 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 that happen. It actually was kind of funny. <laughs> if you say the character's like super overpowered on growth ability, things like growth changing focuses, guns, whatever, I, I say yep. it's like being under high oh, pressure gosh. nearby. They start to break differently or heaven help you if you try and steal size off him. It's like so, trying to drink yeah. from a fire that, hose. One of my yeah. favorite concepts that I have ever heard recently is someone who is size shifting but not bigger they are purposely shrinking because their normal height is 150 feet tall or something like yeah that. or they're secretly a dragon or something like that they were, and, and they might rubber like, band back to their real size essentially like they're going through high school or something trying to learn to be a normal person or something like that because it'll help them in society and then either they go under stress from being bullied or yep. they go under like, you know, oh, I have this big test that I need to study for and like they stay up all night or, you know, whatever gives them stress or starts to make them slip. Because it's like having uh, growths uh, like enlarge slash reduce cast all the time, like permanence was cast on it. Yeah. Obviously D&D nerd talk, but permanence was cast on you for that. And you like constantly have to concentrate on keeping yourself at a certain size. And if you break that concentration then you revert back to whatever size you're at. Yeah. So it's a character who, when they get home at the end of the day, they say they say goodbye to their friends. They, like, you know, close the door. They take off their shoes or whatever, and they go to, like, uh, walk into their house, which is, like, I don't know, bigger on the inside or something. Just roll with it. But they essentially relax themselves, and then they 
grow yeah. back to the height. It's it's a really cool dynamic. I love it so much. So so the, what I was yeah exactly what I was getting to with the stuff I was referencing is I found myself looking for situations in which there was a slight loss to heavy loss of control. The characters getting bigger yes. or smaller, but not because they overtly want to do it. Um, True. And then that kind of gives the weirdest one, which is what I like to bring up when they say favorite, uh, is mm-hmm. where you have, say, a couple of characters that are interested in each other and mm-hmm. their size is matched. <laughs> so okay. that you can have the characters apart where one of their characters changes size, the other one does as well, oh, but it's just a, a flipping surprise to them, you know. You're at mm-hmm. work, and then something must have happened interesting because suddenly you've doubled, tripled oh in size. I love that. And so that kind of, uh, I, I call the term entanglement, where one character causes the other or vice versa, or there's some sort of link. I find that really I love that. I'm stealing it, Benny. Oh, yeah, feel free to steal this Benny, idea. Benny, I'm stealing it. Because, like, I can just imagine, because with Hikari and I, um, I immediately put myself into a situation where, like, I work until 7 p.m., um, four days a week. I have 10-hour shifts, and uh, Hikari works five days a week, but she gets off at three usually. So she would, essentially, I could just imagine her texting me, because she doesn't drive right now, but I can just imagine her sending me a message on Telegram, you know, hey, honey, um, I am about to head home from work. Be advised I'm going to grow to such and such height. And I just go, okay. And I, like, go to the bathroom or something, like I take a break, (laughs) and then wait until she stomps home and says, okay, I'm done now, and then you know it goes back. Oh yeah, and there's how big are your and then when I go home, I'm like, bathrooms at work. Geez. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, no, I would be getting tiny. Uh, oh, I think you're. Huge. I I think you're interpreting it differently than I was interpreting. I was. Oh, I was assuming interpreting that, them linked to be the same. Yeah, like yeah. A, so direct, like if she gets directly bigger, proportional, whereas Kenson was thinking inversely proportional. Uh, yeah, yeah, because like like she grows and I shrink kind no, of. No, I'm thinking. Like I'm, I'm, which I'm is also an interesting. That's an interesting. Uh, yeah. dynamic as well, I think. Yeah. yeah, that was my take on it. Well, that's a whole new take um, on, on a micro-macro couple, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. Gosh, it's so interesting to me. that That's making my mind go a million miles an hour. But, like, and then on my way home, I would text her and be like, hey, honey, I hope, like, are you cooking? Or are you doing anything that could be dangerous? Because I'm about to, you know, stomp home. And she's like, no, I'm okay. She, like, curls up on the couch or something. And then and as I soon as you hang up, she does a you... massive size shift just to mess with you. Essentially. <laughs> Yeah, like we'd play pranks on each other as long as right? they to do and blah, blah, blah. That'd be so cute and cool. I love that. All right. so That's such a cool well, concept. on that note, I think it's a good time to go ahead. Uh, and... uh, the one quick, oh, one, no. one quick follow-up question, and then we can go on to other things. Uh, okay. The quick follow-up <laughs> question is on when you're thinking about growth and other things, what is the size or what is the sound you hear in your head when the change oh, gosh. happens? Oof! Asking the real. What is the sound you associate with growth? It's stretching rubber. I think that's the. the For me, a generic one. Yeah, like for me, it's like a liquid rumbly sound. Yeah, for me, it's definitely. Um, so this is gonna sound weird, but have you guys ever closed your eyes? Uh, like like really closed your eyes and you hear that rumbling in your head. Have you ever done that? Uh, no. Like when you close your eyes really hard and like there's kind of a rumbling that happens in your ear canals or something. Kenson, I think you have micros in your ears that are maybe. Doing no, anyway, no, I think I think I know what he's referencing. You can almost hear. You can it. if you squint when you're squinting really hard. You're increasing the pressure and you can hear the, the yeah. blood in your ears. You, you can so you can hear uh, everyone, your heartbeat if you do it hard enough. 
everyone listening at home, I want you to try this. Not while driving. Um, please don't do that while driving. Yes, no. please, please. Oh, gosh, please be safe. And also dodge our paws. But so uh, that noise, um, I actually looked it up one time. It's some. It's something that only certain people can do, I think. Oh, really? But it's that. It, yeah, it's that noise, but more earthquakey. Like, it's just like a low rumble that just builds and swells. Ah. So, and the reason why I choose that that noise specifically is because in the past, especially when I was younger, and I discovered that I could do that and have that rumbling in my head, I quickly uh, attached that to the sound of growing and being huge or something like that. Okay. So. All right. So that's a really interesting question. Like, you never think about the sounds, really. Like, obviously, there's the sounds of, like, stomping and stuff like that and people screaming, blah, blah, blah. But you never really think of other senses or other scenarios for the sound. Oh, yeah. I love I love people's answer on that question. But uh, I believe Quandary was about to do a subject change. Yes. Well, I think it's time to go ahead and move on to um, our macro... Macro madness? Mar- Madness, yeah, that's that's what. That's, oh my gosh! So it's November. Oh, Dece- it's December. Tell me, yeah. Well, we got so many rounds to do because we're not doing sixteen oh, at a time, you know. Uh, oh gosh! So tell me, did uh, did uh, Gigantor beat Godzilla? Was it was it the great uh, underdog? No. Well, it was know. it was a valiant fight. Um, <clears throat> and keep in mind that we're giving Gigantor a uh, sixty yes. point handicap. So <laughs> he ends up winning. No, um, <laughs> it was it was a twenty five percent for Gigantor oh, and seventy five percent for some kaiju named Godzilla. Oh gosh, okay. Yes. Who are the sm- just some? Who yeah, are the smarties that voted for Gigantor? I really want to know. Uh, you know, did did Pete? Uh, it's a private vote. <laughs> oh. I guarantee you, Noms was one of them. Noms is just a I troll. Voted, I voted <laughs> Oh, you did? <laughs> I love it. Ah, okay. Oh, dear dog. I voted for Gino. Okay. No, he wasn't in so there. So I'll make. Gino was not an option. <laughs> I still voted for him. He's got my vote. Oh god, that that's gonna be Gino for president, twenty twenty. All right. So Gigantor is is gone. <laughs> so in the next Goodbye, round. Oh, I guess we do have some comments. Oh, um, go go for the comments about that. Oh, yeah. feedback. Uh, just one, I guess. <gasps> People. Um, from Sylvan Scott ah. on Twitter. Uh, while Gigantor has defeated plenty of big, big bads, he's never faced the king of bi- bad boys, Godzilla. It might, it'd be a, maybe a bit tough for the big G in the beginning, what mm. with Gigantor's arsenal. But after a single body slam, Godzilla would be performing his victory dance. I guess you could say Gigantor got stomped. And then I guess he's including a gif of the victory dance, which is I love it. Silly. Nice. I love the, the Godzilla love happy yourself. dance. Thank you, so you the best. You you the best. Ah. So, Benson, um, yes. What is the next matchup for our macro march that our fine listeners are going to be voting on? I think he said Benson, you know? so that's going to be me. I did. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the two of you together. Either of you can answer. Oh, min- oh yeah. Well, actually, right. Kenson, fusion. I'll start dropping hints and see if you can guess who the first person okay. is. Okay. Oh, gosh. Is this Pyramid? Are we playing Pyramid now? No, it's just see if you can get it. Okay. I'm so ready. It's originally based off of a 1968 novel by Ted Hughes. It was not published in the U.S. At one point, it was considered for a musical Huh. With the lead of the music being the the Who's Pete Townsend putting the project together, 
they had signed a director, and then eventually it became an animated screenplay that mixed both live-action animation and CGI. You got a guess on this? Is this a Toho monster? Uh, it was or... released by Warner Brothers Animation in 1999. Oh. This should be kind of in the in the wheelhouse of things you might be interested in for, for your age range, I think. What was the year it was released? 1999. <coughs> uh, critically acclaimed. It's very highly scored on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Initially, oh, okay. it did not do well at the box office, but has since oh, I, gotten a... No. Oh, it's Z- is, it, is it Zilla? Has since gotten a no, cult it's... following. It's an animated film, so it's not Zilla. No, okay. Because you said 1999, Z- uh, Godzilla, like Gino, came out in 1998. Um, Voiced by Vin Diesel. Group. Wait, say that again? Voiced by Vin Diesel. Voiced by Vin Diesel. The, the story is set oh, no. in the Cold War in 1957, and film centers centers around a young boy named Hogarth Hughes, who discovers and befriends a giant metallic robot. Iron Giant. Iron Giant. Oh, it's Iron well, Giant. Well, but you said that's that's no oh, live. There's no live action in that movie. I said CGI yeah, there's no live and animation. Action in Iron giant. Did I say live action? I think you said yeah, live action. Oh, shit, I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I thought I said that. <laughs> that's okay. But that's Iron Giant, was, yeah. I, I, knew, I was Iron thinking Giant. Liar Giant, and, oh. you know, directed by uh, Pixar's Brad Bird. But Oh, gosh. Who's my who's my soft yet hard boy Iron Giant going to be fighting? The thing, I, the thing I couldn't believe was was Pete Townsend of The Who putting together a musical. I was like, what? Yeah, okay. That, that's awesome. So, I mean, he did Tommy. That's true. That's true. That was so, so actually, yeah, produced. Iron Giant got crazy good reviews oh yeah yeah when you when you said i mean actually i was always thinking iron giant when you started talking about the the 60s i just got thrown off by the live action part ah damn it you guys would have gotten away earlier all right well let's try his his opponent originally Mm -hmm. appearing in a novel in 1937 uh well we've already done cthulhu benny are are you there yeah i'm still here Listed, waiting for listed as uh, once at one point. Let's see if I can find the description here. Uh, was it the most evil worm? He's described as the greatest dragon of his day. Was already centuries old oh, the first um, time it was written. Smaug. Yeah, Smaug. Smaug. Yeah. Yeah. Smaug, baby. Yeah, the moment. Oh my gosh! Iron Giant has to go up against Smaug. Yeah. Oh. It's talk about a paired battle. Uh, oh no! So it's it's that's actually going to be a pretty decent. They're about the same size, right? When I yeah. when the randomizer they're brought this up, size. I'm like, this is going to be a neat battle. Uh, and so well, so so Iron Giant has his rage mode, which he doesn't like to go into. Which uh, Smaug has is just rage in, in, in body. Arose, so, Smaug quote arose without warning and came against the King Thror and descended upon the mountain to bring it into flames. That's so fun to read this stuff. Huh. So that's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to seeing who wins Well, that. which Smaug is um, it? Is it the, the 1977 animated Hobbit movie Smaug, or is it the one from the recent Lord of the Rings? I hope I hope it's the one from the recent Lord of the Rings. Hello? Hi. Uh, I'm here. Okay, did I just Discord's stump you both? You guys haven't out. seen the old animated Hobbit movie. Never mind. No, I've seen that. I don't, <laughs> didn't that end before it got the Smaug? I mean, it ended like halfway through the book. Uh, he does appear in there. Uh, frankly, I saw it when I was a little little kid, and I don't remember anything. You're talking about the Don Bluth one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that 
I don't think Smaug uh, featured in that movie very well, very much. Yeah, assuming that assuming it's the book slash later movie version of him, that's going to be a really interesting fight. Yeah. So I am interested to see who wins this because I I can't decide between the two. I I they're such good boys, both of them. Iron Giant is a softy. He's he's amazing. Uh, obviously, I grew up with Iron Giant too, so he's a just a character that's locked firmly in my mind. But then Smaug is just a beautiful Stompy Dragon Dad who's just angry and has an arsenal of obviously diamond-like scales and fire that can melt most metals. So if Iron Giant gets hit with a fire, we gets hit with Smaug's fire. I don't think it'll go so well for yeah, him. Yeah, but he well, he might go into that full defensive mode. Yeah, that rage mode. So we'll if you see. if you would like to have a say on who wins this macro battle, then go to our Twitter account at Size Matters Cast and vote on the poll that'll be there, or you yes. can email Size Matters Podcast at gmail dot com, and we can uh, calculate that in as well if you vote that way and leave a comment so we can read it and and make it more interesting and explain why things yeah. happen. Yeah, it's gonna be a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that then brings us to the next segment, which is our artist spotlight. Dun, 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 dun. I'm gonna go first. I don't know. Okay. Who what? Um, I don't know if this is someone that uh, we've mentioned. I don't. I don't recall it being someone we've mentioned. If it is, I apologize, and I'll then go to the back of the line. Um, it's somebody <laughs> you follow on FA Kenson, but I don't think oh. that he does. Um, Giga Tiger. Yeah, I love Giga Tiger. Wait, what? I don't think. Giga Tiger, not you, Benny. This Aww. is a. Uh, Let me go look. Furfanny dot net slash user slash Giga Tiger. I don't think they're on other social media as far as I've seen, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they have a. Uh, they've been around for it looks like about a year. Um, although, uh, judging by their art from before that, I mean, they seem like they've been doing art from before then. But I've, mm-hmm. you know, really like their style, and uh, they do a lot of mega stuff, and. Uh, Which is surprising because of their name. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Just teasing. So, yeah, I recommend go check them out at net slash user slash GigaTiger. Yes, I was doing a little I am following them now. How did I not know about this person? I don't know. Maybe, I see, I thought I was going to say it, and Benny was like, oh, yeah, that's actually me. <laughs> Benny, no. you must follow them now. Which you said you are, so. Exactly. Um, so me next. Uh, my artist spotlight is a certain Sharky. I believe he is a shark. Uh, yes, named Zams, spelled X-A-M-Z. He is the boyf of a certain big buff T-Rex uh, by the name of, I think it's Tyrex? Uh, don't quote me on that. I, I, I hope I'm not butchering that. Anyway, Zams is a wonderful artist. Uh, I've been watching him for the past, I'd say, at least half a year. His art has really gotten um, crazy good, specifically over the past couple months, I would say. He is soaring high when it comes to just his skill. Um, so keep your eye on this boy, because he is getting bigger by the day. That is Zams, spelled X-A-M-Z, on F-A. Oh, cool. 
He does a kind of a mishmash of stuff too. He usually um, features in three toed beasties of the scaly variety. I'm trying not to type loudly here as I look at this stuff. <laughs> I guess that leaves me for mine. I, I was I, I was trying to figure out if this person had ever been highlighted, and they haven't. Uh, I'm going to highlight Sirod, S I R O D, who is on okay. Fur Affinity and is on Twitter as Sirod, except the S is on the number five because apparently someone else has a Sirod, so it's five I R O D. This artist. Uh, I remember seeing them doing trade arts back and forth with uh, Tyrell uh, a while back, as well as with Duncan Roo, and they're just great, great artists. They do occasional macro work. If you dig back through their gallery, they come up for commission. They do wonderful icons. But whenever they okay. do the macro work, it's really neat. If you go back a little bit, you'll see there's a there's a cheetah hugging someone with their feet paws and stuff like that. It's just... Oh, what was his name again? Sirod, S-I-R-O-D. Her, her name, I believe. Uh, and it's okay. uh, it's it's one of those wonderful people that get that blend of it's not cartoony it's but it's still fairly realistic, but you know okay. it just works really well. And this uh, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Great long time artist. You've probably seen their artwork around, but uh, if you get a chance to commission them, go for it. I would love to. I love their style. So um, you said on Twitter it's C I R. It's it's S I R O D is their name, but that's taken. So it's the number five that looks like an S. Oh, instead of the S. Yeah, okay, five I R O D. On their on their FA page, they're listing their Twitter account as Sirod Arts. Oh, they probably. S- oh, I'm probably doing. So it might be a personal account versus. Yeah, it's account. personal versus yeah. art account. I, I bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they are some, I, They're also on Weasley and a bunch of other things. Apparently. They are totally Weasley? not being uh, <laughs> Weasley. Weasel. Let's see. That red panda has his head torn off. W e a s y l. So, yeah. um, they are indeed being may or not may or may not have had their roof ripped off by a certain mega G and are now being watched. Oh, cool! So, all yeah. right. So that then brings us to the end of the show. No. no. If you'd like to comment on any of us or anything that we talk about or have any questions, feel free to email us at sizematterspodcast at gmail.com. That email address again is sizematterspodcast at gmail.com. So are we going to close this with, like, Christmas music or something? Uh, no, I think we'll do an episode before Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. We're well, let's see. To. Yeah, we're going to try to. I can't guarantee it. I'm going to be in Big Florida try. until the uh, – after MFF until the 21st. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Are you doing, so if we, don't, are you, if we don't do it before oh, Christmas, we'll do it, like, that week. Are you stomping yeah. through Disney? Yes. You better. Only for a few days. Ah. And then I'll pictures, Florida. please. Yes. Big pause or it didn't happen. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, MFF is coming up. As you guys know, it's going to be a rip, snort, and stomp and good time. And we're going to be there, uh, the three of us. We're yes. going to. We're not doing any kind of there. panel like we did back then. No, no, but we'll be at the macro for meetup. We, we got to sometime. We'll be at the macro for everyone, meetup, and I'm going to be everyone... on stage at Foxes and Peppers. Yes. Yeah. Foxy Peppers. Yep, Foxy, Foxy Peppers. Peppers. Thank you again, Foxy Peppers, for letting us use your song. Yes. Bigger. Bigger house, bigger, <laughs> bigger telephone. By the way, have you heard anything? I I thought I heard something. Someone say something about them like shooting a music video for that. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, they were taking. Uh, they were taking. Oh yeah. It, it, that went through their patrons. They were asking their fans to to take clips of them listening to music because they're trying to piece together a music video that'll get published. 
Uh, I totally meant to take macro footage of me in my suit, <laughs> and I didn't do it. Oh. Actually, no. I know I sent you the one video, um, the Chinormous that Ty Husky put on YouTube. Oh, cool. Did you send that? I've, I forwarded whatever you sent me, and I'll poke them and see if they're okay. still doing it. Cause okay. I, oh, gosh. I hope I hope I got it. Yeah, they were doing that right <laughs> before so they went over to Scotland and England, and uh, that may have just been put on hold. They may still be taking video, so I'll find out. Okay, cool. But yeah, we will see you guys at MFF. It's going to be a blast. Uh, so, until then. Macros at the macro. Ladies and gentlemen, bigs and smalls of all different calibers. Good night, and a very merry big pause to you. <laughs> very merry. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Have a holly stompy Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of the year. Or Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa's coming up, too. Kwanzaa. <laughs> I love it. See, I wasn't even trying well, to, put, to pronounce the what D about, in What that. about Chionica? Huh? That's a little more of a stretch. Cheese that. See, I was actually... I actually said Kwanzaa. I didn't say Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah. Kwanzaa. <laughs> Kwanzaa. Not Kwanzaa. But, like, it could be... It could be... Uh, it could be Chirpmas. Ah. Oh. Um, uh, or or Tigs. Solstice. Uh, trying to think of something for the solstice, but no, it mm. doesn't work. Anywho, yeah. bye everybody. Have a good, have a good holiday season. <laughs> have, have fun at MFF. That was the best going. ending to the show ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, I think God. we're done. Yeah.